Arizona Sports. Sean Payton. Update. 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 saw the story right as we were coming back from break. I, I haven't read the story, so should I not even say the headline? Is that irresponsible? I'm just going to say it anyway. Yeah, it. Jim Harbaugh could push Broncos right back to Sean Payton. That's just with the headline. Now, I don't even know if the story is written by like a two-year-old or what, but I'm going to take a look at it what? during the break. Okay, that's good. Uh, all right, so the update for today is that they are the Cardinals interviewing Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator of the Giants. Now, you might be saying, well, the Giants, it's not like their offense was amazing this year. Well, you know, he helped. He was integral in the evolution of Daniel Jones, who really, like, 12 months ago at this time, seemed destined to just be a middle-of-the-pack-at-best quarterback who might not even be with the Giants anymore. You know what I mean? Who, like, would maybe go play somewhere else, and if he couldn't catch on quickly there, might be, like, just a career backup. I mean, you didn't know a year ago with Daniel Jones. And, uh, and now... Uh, that all turned around, obviously, for the Giants. So Mike Kafka was part of that. That's who the Cardinals are interviewing today. I, again, nothing against Mike Kafka. He might end up being a really good coach. I just kind of don't want to go down the young, offensive, yeah. first-time head coach path again. Yeah. Um, this is one of the reasons why, though, if you're Michael Bidwell, this is why you're casting that net far and wide. For this very reason right here, you want to go out and you want to interview as many people as you possibly can. Offensive coaches, defensive coaches, you want to get their opinion on Kyler Murray and what they would do with Kyler Murray. This is exactly that what I you like. See, exactly. That's why it's smart. You, listen, uh, you know the way I feel right now. I, I think the Arizona Cardinals are still in the running for Sean Payton. But they got to do their due diligence. You got to continue to go out there and interview people. But the fact they're not going to a second interview tells me maybe they're using this as leverage in regard to the New Orleans Saints and what the Saints want for compensation. Well, I don't know that to be the case. I'm speculating openly. It's what we do every day. I keep thinking, you know, if if Sean Payton, I guess the crux of this is, is it really just the Cardinals or Fox for Sean Payton? Because if that were the case and he wasn't coming to the Cardinals, he would announce something or he would have his people say something like, hey, you know what? Sean loves his job at Fox, wants to hang out with these guys for another year. Maybe he'll revisit this a year from now, which is really just code for I wanted the Dallas job and it's not available (laughs) or the Chargers job. Right. But we haven't heard that yet. Now, I guess the flip side is if he was definitely going to be the Cardinals coach, he would already be their coach, too. So there's there's certainly still some unknown here and some stuff that's up in the air. But if there's anything up in the air, it just makes sense that that is yeah. can you make a deal with New Orleans? That's the part that seems like it's up in the air. In the Otherwise, other, Sean Payton would leak something like he's thinking of going back if, right. if it was a money thing. Right. And the other thing I really like about this is the reps that Monty Ossenfort is getting. He's going to interview every coordinator in the league. Think about all these, all these interviews that are going on right now. That's exactly the reason why it, Michael Bidwell talked about this very thing. He wanted to hire a general manager, and he wanted to do it quickly. It's why they were interviewing immediately. Boom, they came right out, and they were swinging on a general manager and trying to interview a general manager because Michael Bidwell wanted his input in regard to hiring that head coach. 
Think of how many guys Monty Ossenford has sat down now and actually been involved in an interview with. That's, yeah. a, that's a great thing for this young general manager getting reps with, with these coaches and asking these questions like, what kind of offense would you stick Kyler Murray in? Mike Kafka. Well, I mean, they have they have talked to some really qualified guys. When I say I don't necessarily want a first year head coach, it's just for the Cardinals. You know what I mean? But that doesn't mean D'Amico Ryan's and get to talk to him. But like any of these other guys on this list, doesn't mean they're not going to be a good head coach someday. Doesn't mean they're not really good at what they do. Sort of to what you just said. When I have Sean Payton in here, I'm asking him about Kyler Murray. When I when I have Mike Kafka in here today, I'm asking, him, okay, what'd you do with Daniel Jones that you could do with Kyler right. Murray? Right. With these defensive guys. I'm like, hey, what would you do with Isaiah Simmons, right? But yeah. what would you do with – what about Zayvon Collins? What, what about these defensive guys on this team that they've invested a lot of high draft picks in over the last couple of years? Yeah, by the way, how would you how would you coach Kyler Murray as well, even though you're a defensive-minded coach? How would you go about that? Boy, that is, that is a very open-ended question right there for a defensive-minded guy. Where would you go on that one? Would you start talking about somebody else? Well, I'd go out and I'd get this guy. This is the guy – or would would you say no? I I I I've got a plan. I'm guessing Brian you know, Flores had a good answer to that. Okay, question. what is that plan? You know, I I'll bet you Brian Flores probably did just because of what we heard from Kenny Pickett yes. this year. Whereas a rookie <laughs> right. quarterback, he was he was talking to the senior defensive assistant linebacker coach for the Steelers, and he was giving him tips for how to uh, to get better. And then he actually got better. And if you were sitting there and you were the Arizona Cardinals and you were listening to these answers, um, what if somebody did a defensive minded coach? What if he pointed to, well, this would be the offensive coordinator I would go get. And what if he started talking about that as opposed to his plan? for approaching guy. How would that impact you? Would that impact you in a positive way or a negative way? <laughs> it depends who See, that offensive is, coordinator is. <laughs> Interesting. Do you think Austin Ford sits there and he's like, I'm going to go ahead and put that in the positive category <laughs> as, they're, as they're talking? <laughs> they're taking notes, I would imagine. Uh, Jay Morrison covers the Bengals for The Athletic, was on with Bickley and Murata today, gave a little insight on Lou Anarumo. I mean, it's kind of shocking that there hasn't been a lot of love. You watch what he's done, and not just this year, but last Last year in the playoffs, I mean, that that run to the Super Bowl last year, everybody talks about Burrow. That was the defense that took them there. Nine turnovers, just this incredible job of pivoting. They, they go from, all oh, they can't stop Derrick Henry to completely shutting him down. Then you turn around and you go to Arrowhead and play Patrick Mahomes and, and just really fluster him, uh, hold him to three points in the second half. It's just it's remarkable what he's been able to do. That's the name, and to take this for what it's worth, but that's the name that when it came up, there were just Bengals fans constantly on social media like, nah, leave him here. Yeah. We want Lou. Yeah, Lou. We need to keep him. Lou Anarumo. Basin onions. Don't butcher that name. Don't, don't do it. Okay, you're going to try. Don't do it. Don't say Anarumo. <laughs> it's just Anarumo. It just... And, and we can't call him Mo if they hire him because he already have Monty Austin for it, who we're now calling Mo. Yes, and Lou Anarumo has done an incredible job for the Bengals. There's, there's no denying that. I would love to be in a room listening to him because he's got the kind of culture that I love. He's got the kind of mentality that I love. He's got the kind of mentality that I would recognize immediately in my era. He's got an old school approach, and I'm wondering if that is actually going to work for him 
or against him. Be honest. If you were in the room for any of these, all your questions would just be, how are you going to practice? You can sit here and say you would have all these other questions, but if you only got one, you would just stare at the guy and be like, how are you going to practice? Yeah. And I want to know the answer. How would you feel about Oklahoma drill and shutting the cameras (laughs) off? How would you feel about that? This is we get a little you know, more that, that would be my question right why now. you're not in the room how, how every would time. How you feel about shutting the cameras down, telling everybody, turn them off, and then running Little Oklahoma? Today is the first day of real hitting. Full pads, full contact. The day's highlight is the Oklahoma drill. Football at its most fundamental. That's going to find out, boys. That's what we're going to do. We're going to find out. Who can play and who can't? That clip's Who's afraid not that old. And who is it? How old is? Do you know how old that clip is, Maloney? It's like twenty fifteen. Yeah, okay. I was gonna say it's only like five. I guess now seven, eight years We're old. We're gonna find out. Luke. It sounds like it's from the seventies. Uh, what are the three things that could determine what the Suns do at the trade deadline? We'll tell you in our Suns three pointer next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. how crazy the NFL stuff's getting. I'll, I'll give you a couple headlines when we come back next segment, Wolf. But I want to get into basketball right here because the trade deadline is a week from this Thursday. Suns played the Raptors last night. A lot was uh, made of that matchup and some of the players on both sides that maybe could be on different teams, like switching with each other here in a week. Let's get into our Suns three-pointer. Today's topic, three things that could determine what the Suns do at the trade deadline. You want to start? You want me to start? Yeah, you know what? I'll start. Okay, okay, ladies and gentlemen, my first point of Suns three-pointer has got to be what the need is for the Phoenix Suns. That's point number one. A wing player off the bench, I would say a two-guard to back up Chris Paul and play alongside campaign, maybe, as well. Um, They need depth. That's number one. My first point of Suns three-pointer. Okay, my first factor that could determine what they do at the deadline is actually going to be Matt Ishbia and how he approaches this, how much... How much basketball he's been able to talk with James Jones since, remember, his introductory press conference is scheduled for next Wednesday, and the trade deadline is next Thursday. So how much influence does he have? What is his philosophy? I would assume he seems like an all-in kind of guy, especially when the team is a contender. But I think that's going to be a major factor in determining what exactly they do at the deadline. Fade back 14-footer is two points. Dynamite. You know, I honestly think my second point of Suns three-pointer has got to be the fact that the Suns have trade capital. They've got it. They're the only team in the league that owns all of their picks right now. I was surprised to hear that. Were you surprised? Um, I I was surprised to hear that. It it was a big talking point coming into the season that of contending teams, they were the only team that had all their first-rounders. So I'm I'm not as surprised as I normally would be when you said that. When you're talking... 
talking about what you're going to do at the trade deadline, of course, you have to have the need, and you also have to have the trade capital. And it appears as though the Suns, they do. When it comes to draft picks, of course, they're the only team in the league that owns all of their picks. And that's my second point of Suns three-pointer. My second point of three things that could determine what the Suns do at the deadline is Chris Paul's play. Five games since he has returned from injury, he's been really good in all five of them, averaging about 22 points, averaging about 10.5 assists, and doing it on 54% shooting. They've got four more games before the trade deadline. Now, we talked earlier, how Chris Paul's play influences what you do is open for debate. Is it? Do you look at Chris Paul and you're like, man, if he's playing this good, we don't have to make a big trade. Or do you look and say, man, if he's playing this good, we got to go for it. Because if he's going to play this good, we're a legit title contender. The next four games, I don't think are dramatically going to switch that one way or the other. If he has two really good games and two eh, games, you're not going to really alter your stance that much. But the fact that he still has this in him is definitely going to influence what they do just depending how it influences it. Once again, three-pointers to stand! That's just showing off right there. Once again, you got the frying pan to the face. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, The Suns three-pointer, my third point of Suns three-pointer has got to be... The the Suns have cap flexibility, and that is something Matt Ishbia is going to be all over, and he's going to play into this as well. When you talk about Chris Paul, the the $30 that is owed to him next season, where only 15 of it is guaranteed. When you talk about Cam Johnson, who could be headed to restricted free agency, of course, you talk about Landry Shamit. You talk about Jay Crowder having that flexibility. Um, Matt Ishby is going to have to sign off on a lot of this stuff, to your point. And right there, I, I think that's got to be my third point of Suns three-pointer. Matt Ishbia and the flexibility that the Suns have going forward. All right, my third point, three things that could determine what the Suns do at the deadline. Wolf, this one's... Simple. Toronto Raptors. I mean, this is wow. the team that just seems... How many different players on the Raptors have we heard linked to the Suns over the last six months? Pascal Siakam. I don't think that's realistic, but that name was linked to the Suns earlier this year. OG Ananobi, it feels like, has been linked to the Suns at least since the summer. Fred Van Vliet over the last couple months, yeah, certainly yeah. over the last couple weeks. Yeah, there you go. DeAndre Ayton. Well, linked to the Raptors, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the one that doesn't make any sense, Jay Crowder to the Raptors makes zero sense to me if Toronto's like... So I, I don't... If you're going to make a trade with the Raptors, it's probably going to involve picks or it's going to involve a third team if you're if you're shipping Jay Crowder or something. Yes. Um, the Suns have need, they have want, they have flexibility, and they have capital. And because of that, I honestly think we're going to see something pretty big happen, maybe bigger than what we all expect. OG Ananobi, small forward, Indiana. If a team wants to improve their perimeter defense, Ananobi's 232-pound frame with a 7'2 wingspan will help. He burst onto the scene as a freshman for the Hoosiers in the 2016 NCAA tournament when his defense shined against Kentucky. His versatility was evident, going from guarding 5'10 current Suns guard Tyler Eulis to 6'11 current Kings big man Scott Labissier. No one is quite sure what he is offensively 
defensively, but Ananobi's defense is a sure thing if he's still the same player after he's back from a torn ACL he suffered in January. NBA comp, Rocket small forward, Trevor Ariza. The good Trevor Ariza, not the one we got here. I have to keep adding that addendum to the end. The one that, like, cared. Man, if you somehow, someway could get Ananobi, that would be off the charts. That guy, I mean, you're talking about, if you had him, that was subliminal messaging by Maloney and just throw that draft capsule in there. But that's that's a guy that is still very young in his career, that can defend, that can do a lot of different things. And you may look at OG Ananobi and be like, okay, is he really a game changer? Well, how about this? If your lineup is Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Cam Johnson, Mikel Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, and then you have OG Ananobi as yeah, your sixth man, right? that is a title contending lineup. That is that is so good right there. The perimeter, of course, and how important it is, the wing players and the perimeter players offensively and defensively to be good. Think about that lineup. That would just be stunning to me right there because Cam Johnson is no slouch either when it comes to the defensive end of the floor. It's yeah. one of the reasons why I love him. Now, he's not as good, in my opinion, as Ananobi. He's not, but um, or Mikel, of course. Obviously. But still... He competes. He goes out. He competes. It, he, it matters to him. He cares. And you can see that he, it matters to him and that it cares. And you can watch him go about his business. And he competes hard on the defensive end of the floor. It's one of the reasons why last night, even when he was one of nine from the floor, Cam Johnson, one of six from three. He still found a way to contribute and help his team win on the defensive end. It would be tough to get Ananobi. I mean, I'm assuming that's picks. Maybe it's a three-team trade where Jay Crowder's going to Milwaukee. Milwaukee's sending something to Toronto. You're sending picks to Toronto and probably a player, too. But if you could somehow keep that starting five, and you wouldn't break up the starting five. If you could somehow keep the starting five and add him... Then anybody you have on the bench behind him, <laughs> if you're still, I don't know, you still have Damian Lee behind him or campaign. I mean, you forget campaigns on the team right now. Um, that would be that that would be. Enticing. Are you worried about the bench going forward? I want to know who the sixth man is. If if you just added a sixth man, I'm not worried about the bench. You know what I mean? Mm. If if the sixth man is already on this bench, I don't know that. I'm not worried about it like for the regular season or the first round of the playoffs, but I'm still looking at this team through the lens of could you win a title. Real quick, here's Bobby Marks on with um, Burns and Gambo yesterday talking about OG Ananobi. Well, I guess it depends on who the guy is, right? Who's the player? I mean, um, if Toronto loses three more games on this road trip and all of a sudden OG Ananobi becomes available, is he the guy, right? I think a lot of that has to, you know, and if that's the guy, then what happens with the next CBA? I've talked about this at length. The extension rules change where, oh, you can extend OG this summer instead of waiting until he becomes a free agent, um, you know, in next offseason here. I it's OG or just somebody in that range, too. It's not like this is OG or bust. It's just if you could get somebody in that sort of range that is going to be a guy that, that helps you, is versatile, and will probably be here for a while. So it's not just a, a rental. Here's uh, here's Toronto's schedule, by the way, going forward. you got uh, Utah tomorrow, Houston Friday, Memphis Sunday, San Antonio next Wednesday. Those are their four games before the trade deadline. So I, I nothing against Toronto. But I want them to lose all four of those games. Yeah. I want them to break this up and, and see where these pieces go. When it comes to picks, what would you give up for OG? I'm not tied to any of the Suns' picks, honestly. 
I'm really not. There's not. I, I don't. First of all, James Jones doesn't even really seem to care about their first round picks and second round picks. Go ahead. But if you're going for the title, yeah, they're the only team in the league that has all their picks. Well, yeah, but I, I, I have to think he looks at those as trade chips. If you're really going for it, your first round pick's going to be in the high twenties. Then you have to, right? Again, yeah. there's no doubt about that. The window is still open for the Phoenix Suns, right, James? There's there's no value to being, hey, we're going to be the sixth best team in the West for five years, or we could be the best team for three years. Like, who wants to just hang around? Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. The Cardinals are faced with a lot of decisions this offseason. One of them comes down to their free agent players, and the top of that list is Byron Murphy, Zach Allen. If you could only keep one, who would it be? We'll get into that next, and we'll go through some of the other free agents on the roster. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. Wolf, I almost welcomed you back to the show. Yeah. Yeah. What up? What up? Uh, all right, looking at this list of the top 50 available players in free agency and some sort of chaos going on behind the glass right now. But the okay, available One can players, only imagine. I think I can figure it out. Uh, so two of these top 50 players, according to ESPN, and again, that gave this, uh, this disclaimer earlier in the show. I don't want to get in the list season, but this is actually like meaningful because these are players that you, either the Cardinals may lose that other teams value or players you might be able to go out and get. This is not some random person's opinion of the best kickers in the league right now. This is like actual players that could be on the move this offseason. So I'd like to give you a sample. Uh, let's see. Number one is Lamar. So we're talking about some pretty big name players here. Okay, okay? that's big. Uh, number two is he's Orlando be Brown. Franchised. We all know that. You think he is? Oh yeah, totally. Oh, I don't. I don't think he's going to be in Baltimore. Totally. I don't think he's going to be in Baltimore this year. <laughs> really? I don't think so. Wow. It got weird at the end, you, didn't it? You think you think Baltimore's just going to let him walk away? Well, they got Tyler Huntley, Pro Bowler now. Uh, no, that's he is. Not going he's to actually happen. a Pro Bowler. I understand. That, was, that. that wasn't a joke earlier. Yeah, today. I know. Ha ha ha! You're so funny. <laughs> I realize that, but that's what I'm talking about. The Pro Bowl doesn't matter anymore. The vote does, but actually doing it, going out there, having it on your resume doesn't. No, it feels like it got diminished a little bit today. I, I like Tyler Huntley as like a backup quarterback, but he should not be in the Pro Bowl after barely playing this year. Anyway, on this list, at number 24, they have Zach Allen. And at number 38, they have Byron Murphy. Mm, Byron Murphy. does pose the uh, reminder that the Arizona Cardinals have a couple big decisions to make before you even get into like, hey, what are we going to do with the draft? What are we going to do as, as far as adding players? I don't think it's a decision at all if, if it was just like, hey, do you want to keep Zach Allen? Yes. yes. Do you want to keep Byron Murphy? Yes. yes. These guys are bright spots on your team. But the question is, how much do you want to pay Zach Allen mm, and Byron Murphy? Right. That's where it gets a little dicey because now all of a sudden it's free agency. And this is exactly what free agency was meant to do. Take good players like Zach Allen and Byron Murphy and pay them like they were great players. Yeah. <laughs> and it's that, great for the players. It's great for the players. And and Zach Allen, I do believe, is going to continue to get better. Byron Murphy, I do believe, is going to continue to get better. I don't think there's any doubt of that. It's just you're going to have to overpay guys like Zach Allen, guys like Byron Murphy, because they do have that talent, and they are going to get better. 
I believe the next contract, the next three, four years, is going to be the sweet spot for these guys. You got to pay them that way. I mean, you couldn't have a more blatant reminder that you got to hold on to the guys that you drafted and are actually developing than Hassan Reddick. Oh, my goodness. You, it couldn't be any more evident. Here's Hassan Reddick just wrecking the 49ers and taking his team to the Super Bowl. Here's Hassan Reddick potentially winning the Super Bowl in your stadium in a week and a half. Do I think Zach Allen is going to be Hassan Reddick? No, I mean, that's not the same position. Zach Allen's a pretty good player, though. Yes. Byron Murphy's a pretty good player, too. I know he was hurt for half this year. But those are not the guys you look at and you're like, wow, what went wrong this year? It had nothing to do with Zach Allen or Byron Murphy. Zach Allen can do an awful lot of what J.J. Watt did. Yeah, and he's directly learned from J.J. Watt. Directly. Was he's, a he's, got, he's got J.J.'s number. He can still call yes, him. That's that's right. And, and so much of what J.J. Watt was all about, he poured into Zach Allen. He really did. He poured into a lot of guys. Isn't that right, Zayvon Collins? It seemed like he those were the two a, main yes, ones, though. Poured into a lot of guys, but Zach Allen, oh, the mentee, and J.J. Watt, the mentor, this guy is only going to continue to get better, and the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball for the Arizona Cardinals, this is the tip of the spear going forward into this offseason, if you ask me. It's got to get rebuilt on the offensive line and that side of the line of scrimmage and the defensive line. It's got to be rebuilt. Zach Allen was not the problem. Zach Allen, you got to pay Zach Allen, and I think they will. So somebody said, and I, I do think they can keep both these guys. You were talking about the the room that they have left, and, and obviously those are two priorities. But if you could only if you could only pay one, you're taking Zach Allen over Byron Murphy. I'm taking Zach Allen because again, it's got to be the line of scrimmage that matters the most. I'm going to pay both these guys, both of them. But if you're you're telling me you can only take one, be Zach Allen. Man, that's tough because I know I said Murphy earlier in the show just because of the, the how difficult it's been for them to find like shutdown or potential shutdown corners over the years, and those guys just don't grow on trees. But I don't want that to sound like diminishing Zach Allen because I honestly think he was the main bright spot for the Cardinals this year. Now let's assume for the uh, the, the purposes of this, and, and I think there's this is a pretty likely assumption that they're able to keep both these guys, that they make them a priority. And, and those, if you do that, Wolf, we were kind of just glancing at this earlier, but look at your defensive core, potentially, right? You're going to have Zach Allen. You're going to have Zayvon Collins. You're going to have Isaiah Simmons. You're going to have Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. And that's not you know to just write off a, a MyJ Sanders or a Cam Thomas, but you're going to have those guys to build your defense around, plus potentially a defensive head coach, plus Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. You, you could go into next season with potentially one of the better defenses in the NFL if if you go all in on that side of the ball. And you don't even have to bring anybody in except your draft pick. Yeah, uh, Byron Murphy, you know, again, I want both these guys. And the producer question of you can only have one, you know, that sucks. I blame you for that. I, I know. We we just, you, you have to... You have to look at Byron Murphy, and he only played in nine games. And yet... This guy was having a really, really good season. Really good season. And he has developed over the last couple of seasons in particular. Um, You need corners. And the Arizona Cardinals right now, if you told me it was going to be Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson coming back, the two starting corners. Now, I I realize, for the most part, you need three, of course. Two is a better place to start than zero. (laughs) 
That's well said by well, you. And last year, it felt like there was a point where they might be starting with zero. But it's so true. If you told me that was going to be their corner room, those two guys as starters, I'm okay. I'm 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 good. I'm okay with that. If you have the rest of that defensive core we just talked about, and then you just you pri- maybe you take a corner with your second round pick in this draft, right? And then you feel really good about it. Or maybe just add a vet behind those. Yeah, guys. right. And not only that, too. Maybe you go ahead and you have Will Anderson to your earlier point. Yeah, you're adding one of them, right? Number or you're three. adding a bunch of picks. Look, everybody, yeah. it's Will Anderson. Yeah, I'll take that and run. Zayvon Collins, Isaiah Simmons, Zach Allen, Will Anderson. Byron Murphy, Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson. Bring in a defensive head coach. Come on. Come on, man. You're going to win games with your defense soon. That's that's why, once again, that defensive head coach, that defensive-minded head coach, it rears its head. It really does. Not only does it give that defensive head coach the separation and the kind of authority he needs to be the head coach, to coach everybody, especially that quarterback room, It gives him that separation that is needed. I'm the head coach. You're the quarterback. I love that going forward. Not only that, every defensive-minded head coach I've been around has been much more aggressive and much more about the physicality of the game. To me, that's just, generally speaking, that's what I have found. And not only that, but you've got a lot of young guys to our point in our current conversation. You've got a lot of young guys that are developing on the defensive side of the ball that need to get better. And that defensive-minded head coach might help them do just that. They've got other free agents. We'll get into this maybe more tomorrow or whatever. I mean, I would say Kelvin Beecham is the biggest name of free agent, but those were the two that landed on the top 50, and I think those are the two that have to be your priority, whether they are on ESPN's top 50 or not. Pretty clearly at the end of the season, you got to find a way to bring back Zach Allen, who, again, was one of the bright spots, maybe the bright spot, and you got to find a way to bring back Byron Murphy. Everything that went wrong last season, those guys were, were, were positives, not negatives, and there weren't a lot of positives. And man, I'll be all over. Calvin Beachum. All over. Yeah, I'll take that. Beach back. You got to bring Beach back. Uh, all right, we come back. Final segment of the show. We'll get back into the coaching carousel and, and try to figure out what Denver's doing. Maybe that's the best way to look at what the Cardinals can do is, is what exactly the Broncos are doing because depending who you believe, they can't find a head coach or they're in on every head coach. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, final segment of the show here. It is Wolf and Luke on a Tuesday afternoon. Wolf, if you think, or anybody thinks, that the Cardinals coaching search is crazy and, you know, you have to try and navigate your way through it with some logic and and sort of connect some dots, just imagine what it's like in Denver, okay? In Denver, they were in on Jim Harbaugh, and then Michigan was like, oh, he's a Michigan man, through and through, he'll never leave. And then they were in on Harbaugh again, and then he was like, oh, I'm going back to Michigan, and now apparently they're in on Harbaugh again. So I don't know if he's going to coach Michigan and Denver next year or what. That's so weird. There's that. Sean Payton is apparently, you know, still, not apparently, he is still in the mix with Denver. There was the, oh, you didn't get along with an owner, and then Payton's like, oh, I do get along with that owner. And then you have all the, the Denver bloggers out there that are like, well, you know, if we can't get Harbaugh, Harbaugh, that means we'll just get Peyton. Again, I don't think Peyton's the consolation prize in all this. I think Sean Peyton's the one that you're going after. Meanwhile, D'Amico Ryan's just turned Denver down. <laughs> um, 
And Denver has been turned down a good, couple times. Right. I mean, Denver has the Denver Broncos actually won a Super Bowl. Say yes, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. They have. Three, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. This is a storied franchise. That's my point. And it's got a solid ownership group and a great fan base up there. Let's ride. I think and I'm, yet, man, they are a mess right now. Well, this is how crazy it's getting. They are asking if Jake Plummer would be the answer for their coaching situation in Denver. I'm looking at the Denver Post, and they have that as Stop it. No. Yes. Oh, Jake, I love Jake. I like Jake, too, yeah. but he also does not have no. any NFL head coaching experience. Right. I'm not even sure he wants to be a coach. Can you picture Jake Plummer wanting that lifestyle? No. no. He has chosen the exact opposite lifestyle. Yeah, no, that would not be the case right there. Uh, so anyway, that's the insanity that is the Denver Broncos, but that's relevant to the Cardinals in the sense of if they are still in the Sean Payton. Why? Yeah, you know, can I just say, why is Denver having all of this gyration that is going on right now in terms of people actually wanting to be the next head coach of the Denver Broncos? I'm stunned by this. I would seriously say it's either you got Russell, Russell Wilson, or Wilson. You've got that defense. I don't think the defense is driving people away. I think Russell Wilson, if you... If you are a football-minded boy, what does it say about Russell Wilson if Sean Payton ends up not going there and they want him? If oh you're looking at goodness. Russell Wilson, you're like, yeah, I can't fix that. I, I, I realize that Russell Wilson had a bad year, Ron Wolfley reporting. Um, I realize also that the 12s for the Seattle Seahawks and a lot of their analysts when I went up there during Russell's last season of being up there, um, they were whispering about he, he just doesn't look the same. He's holding on to the ball, and he's he's not making as good decisions, and he doesn't look the same. Uh, I get, you know seeing it the the few games that I would watch leading up to it, of course, and and watching him play against the Cardinals, uh, I did, really didn't see it um, being a Russell Wilson issue. With the Seattle Seahawks. I did not. Two seasons ago, but yeah. Two seasons yeah. ago, exactly right. But those were the whispers. And now watching him last year, uh, he looked like a different dude. You got to remember, with Russell Wilson as their quarterback, the Denver Broncos were the lowest scoring team in the National Football League. 32 of 32. Well, there's your answer. That's why... That might not be why D'Amico Ryans is like, eh, I'm out. But it's got to be why part of like why a Dan Quinn is like, ah, I'm sorry, I'm just going to go take more interviews and then end up going back to Dallas. Or if I'm Sean Payton, again, if you're just looking at Denver and the and, and the Cardinals, okay, and you're looking at the quarterbacks as Sean Payton, you have Russell Wilson who struggled last year, and you have Kyler Murray who struggled and got hurt. But at least with Kyler Murray, you have a guy with untapped potential. If you're Sean Payton, you're looking and saying, okay, but there's a level I can get this guy to that nobody else has gotten him to. Whereas with Russell Wilson, you might be looking and saying, first of all, the ceiling, he's already hit it. The best I can do is is replicate a Super Bowl run, and that seems like a, a million miles away from where the Broncos are right now. You might be looking at Russell Wilson and saying, he's 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 going the wrong direction. Yeah. There's not anything I can do about that. You know what I wonder about D'Amico Ryans, too? Just to hear you say that. Sorry, I'm not trying to ignore your point, no, but you brought up D'Amico Ryans and the fact that he just, he's out of it. Pulled himself out of it again with the Denver Broncos. Sounds like straight to Houston. Could it possibly be a situation where he knows you know what, that they're going with Jim Harbaugh 
or he knows they're going with Sean Payton. I don't know why they don't just hire Harbaugh. And you go ahead. This is what you do. I'm I'm removing myself from the equation right now. Okay, I just want you to know. They didn't pass me over. I removed myself from this conversation. I wonder if that's going on with D'Amico Ryans. Saying straight to Houston too is is like remember when movies would come out and they go straight to DVD and they'd be like okay well, that one's that one's not worth a, a theater release that's what saying straight to Houston felt like. D'Amico Ryan's is I think going to be a good coach yeah. and it just seemed like he always wanted to go to Houston. He's got the ties there obviously, right? Um, so, I, but why would he make the announcement that he's not in the running for the Denver Broncos I, job? Maybe animal? they won't stop calling him, and he's like, I'm just going to tell everybody. <laughs> Stop calling me. That's, that, a, that's seriously. That might be it. That is a great point. You know, there's a story up on Yahoo uh, talking about Jim Harbaugh meeting with the Broncos again. Okay. And there's a, a line in it that's interesting. It says, in coaching news, Jim Harbaugh took another meeting with the Broncos after Michigan had stated that he will be coaching in Ann Arbor next season. The NCAA is changing their approach to levying NIL violations on coaches and schools. The universities will now have to prove their innocence in a possible violation instead of the NCAA having to prove their guilt. <laughs> That's just what? like a throwaway line in the story. What? It's like the most important line on the Internet. <laughs> College football is changing forever, according to the story about Jim Harbaugh. That, yeah, are you sure you're reading that correctly? I mean, I do know how to read. I'm not sure how like to finish. It's you on know Yahoo. How stunning that is. It's not like it's not like a knockoff Yahoo a, site. How is that not a headline on ESPN right now? I don't know. It's from this is from last night. Uh, this story and it's on Yahoo. It's not like fake Yahoo, like spelled with like a U at the end or something. <laughs> Yahoo. So it's it's legit. Oh my goodness! I don't understand the Jim Harbaugh not going to Denver thing. Is the one I don't understand if he goes back to Michigan, it sounds like there's some issues there. Yeah, there, there are issues that are there. I, the, why would Jim Harbaugh turn down the Denver Broncos? Well, now he isn't again, although he even has already. And yeah, now he's like back. They've in, had two, correct? Two yeah. interviews. Two interviews. They went to Ann Arbor to yeah, actually interview. In the winter. Yes. Um, man, that, that makes me think that Jim Harbaugh, what are you doing? What was that interview all about from the Denver Broncos? Do you think he drove to that winter interview in Ann Arbor in his convertible? No. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah I, <laughs> I see what you did right there with a the convertible, Jim. No, he did not have the same convertible that he had up in Platteville, Wisconsin, driving around. Making With you late. top down. Making us late. Don't get me started. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thanks to Aaron Maloney behind the glass for Wolf. I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gambo coming up next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.